Hello, Agile Podcast listeners. Jeff Watts here with my good friend Paul Goddard. This is Agile Podcast episode 123. One, two, three. And today was a was a slightly different one. We were recording in the morning, so we were uh, sharing our notes around our cup of tea and coffee rather than our alcoholic beverages. Um, Paul was very, very happy, very happy, reflecting on his time back with real people last week in a lecture theatre, no less. And that got us somehow meandering on to talking about rituals and routines and the power of ritual. And we shared quite a few routines and rituals that you can use with your teams to increase energy, engagement, reduce anxiety, which uh, I, I really enjoyed this episode. And one special thing, if you listen right to the end of this podcast, there will be a mysterious an exclusive offer from me just for podcast listeners. So make sure you listen to the end. That's it. Enjoy. Grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab whatever it is. If it's wine in a coffee cup, we're not judging. Cheers. What are we going today? Well, it feels like a long time since we've chatted, Jeff. It's a long time. When since was the last spoken. time? Oh, I, I reckon, I don't know, probably two, three weeks ago. It feels yeah. like a long time since we've caught up. You've missed me. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I know, but you didn't. You meant it. <laughs> but you um, have to say it. I've been. I feel like I've been quite busy. But um, you're always but, busy. You're a busy boy. I know, but um, October's. Have been quite busy for me um yeah but let's um let's do the boring bit i say boring okay. because we're not drinking alcohol today are we well i'm not no because no, let's be honest uh... it's 9 36 in the morning and yeah me and jeff sometimes we're irresponsible but we're not that irresponsible to start drinking that early and i've got a nice mug of tea oh yeah what kind of tea <laughs> breakfast builder's tea in my Mr. PG Tips. No, this is Yorkshire Definitely. tea. Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. Decaf. Tea. Decaf. Yeah. Um, in my Mr. Tickle mug that I've had since I was at university. Was that brought to you by Mr. Tickle? No. Who would that be? You have, you have a friend called Mr. Tickle, don't you? Do I? We've had this conversation got... before, and you seem to think I had a friend called Mr. Tickle. Uh, okay, maybe not. No, but oh, well. um, I'm quite sentimental when it comes to mugs. I've got a lot of mugs that I've kept for a long time. Yeah. And this is one of them. My old Mr. Tickle mug. What you got, mate? What are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, an Ethiopian blend of coffee. Uh, apparently, it has notes of treacle, dark chocolate and cinnamon. I'm just getting coffee. Yeah. My palate isn't as, as um, distinguished as I would like to think. But I don't, I don't have milk or sugar in mine. It's just completely black. So maybe I've diluted it too much. Maybe it's more meant to be more of an espresso when I've got an Americano. So. It's funny, isn't it, how palates... So you say, because you can taste... Um, you're good on beer and you're good on, on wines and things like that. Well, I'm getting yet, better at it. It's, it takes practice, doesn't it? I assume it takes, it takes practice with coffee then, I'm assuming. The more of yeah, you drink, the more so. you'd notice the differences. Yeah. And I think... It, Hmm. but also a different time of day so I'm, I'm usually having this when i'm tired 
That's usually right. when you drink a coffee, isn't it? And then, you know, you're not really, uh, your senses aren't on full alert. So I remember, maybe when almost... we, I remember when neither of us used to drink coffee in the morning and um, yeah, we used to work was... with a man called Sean Hanley, didn't we? I wonder if, mm. I wonder if Sean listens to this podcast. Probably not. No. But if, if, you, if you do, Sean, hello, good morning. And um, I remember we used to do some very early starts in Ipswich mm. with Sean. Um he and was he not would, a morning person. He was he would a man in need of coffee at, uh, at eight a.m. in the morning or nine a.m. And he. Well, I remember. I remember driving him somewhere. Did he drive? I don't think he drove. Did he? I don't think he, no, because I I gave him several lifts several yeah. times. I had to give him a lift somewhere, and it was dark outside, so it was early, and he was. It wasn't the middle of winter or anything, but he was wearing this big coat and his beanie hat pulled down over his eyes and he was all huddled up in my passenger seat drinking out of a thermos flask yeah and he wouldn't talk basically until he'd had his second coffee yeah. but a very very sharp mind yes and a very yeah. nice man yeah god bless you sean wherever you are say hello drop us a drop us a text drop us a drop us a message Anyway, how are you? What, yeah, what have you got to talk about? You're busy, so you must have something to talk about. I'm busy. I'm busy. I feel like um, I was very um, happy last week. This is mm. an easy word to describe it. Because I got, the first, first time last week in a long time, I got back into a room with some real people. Oh, I and, saw your Insta- Instagram photo with your very cheesy smile. Yes, I was, I was, I was over the moon, Jeff. I was over the moon. It was lovely. And it wasn't just being, it was being in a room was a big part of it, of course. And there was real people in three dimensions and it was lovely. And hearing people's reactions and, you know, looking at people's body language and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But part of it as well, which is worth talking about here is, is just the, it was the process of going out, <laughs> of, of actually preparing Okay. Yeah, putting it, putting my bag together, you know, a bit of stationery, a few planning, a session. Even though I I, I plan sessions when I'm at home, but mm. the planning felt different. The preparation felt different. Driving somewhere to to parking somewhere, getting a coffee before I started. All that routine, I think I'd probably forgotten, and um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that process of going somewhere, doing something, then coming back. Well, you use the word routine, and I would, I would. We had a we had a chat with um, Dr. Sally-Ann Freudenberg. Yes, recently, we um, did. And we pointed out how she, at one point, she pulled me up on something that I said technically incorrectly, very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm at risk of saying something else technically incorrect. I don't know whether this is technically correct or not, but in my mind. What you just described there is more rituals than routine. Okay. Because you didn't, to me, you don't do that on a regular basis. But what you've described there is 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 the prelude mm. to mm. the act, um, and that power of ritual is is well, rituals are very very powerful. And um, where am I going with this? Well, I, I it brought back to mind to me something because well, maybe because we were talking about drinking but if i'm having a meal mm. and i'm eating and i think you know what, i'm i'm quite thirsty mm-hmm. i need and i want to i want a sip of water quite often just pouring water from a bottle into the cup is enough 
and it's not a conscious thing. I, I've, I noticed maybe a couple of minutes later, oh, I didn't actually have that drink. But by pouring the water into the cup, I was expecting to be have my thirst quenched because of the ritual. And that's all that's enough quite often. And you know, if you open a chocolate bar mindfully, consciously, you'll actually find yourself having a sense of pleasure from the act of opening the wrapper. Mm. I know you you want to eat the chocolate and you you, <laughs> you you get in there too quickly, you'll demolish it when you want oh, to yeah. eat the wrapper. Oh yeah. Um but that that's that power of ritual is is quite so you actually felt good on the way, yes. even before on the way, the preparation. Yes. And even like, I didn't fit, it wasn't, it's weird, Jeff. It wasn't really nerves. It wasn't because, because sometimes um, for a new client or uh, a new, a different context, a different setting, different business problems or questions that I don't know I'm going to be asked yet, I was, I'd get quite nervous, which is completely natural. And, and many people in that situation would, and it's, it's probably a good thing. But it wasn't a sense of nerves. It was a sense of um, anticipation and a sense of, um, yeah, this is going to, I knew I was going to enjoy it. I, I almost told myself, I convinced myself, regardless of what happens, it might be a, a complete you know, shit show of a, of a lecture that I was doing, but mm. I was going to enjoy this because it was different, because it was new, because it was something that I hadn't done for such a long time. And um, yeah, I think I was just, it's that kind of positive mindset, isn't it? That I I'd, I'd convinced myself before I'd even spoke to anyone that mm. I was going to have a good day. And it was yeah. lovely. It was great. Thoroughly recommend it. Mm. Might need to make a note of the fact that you just uh, threw out an S-bomb there. Uh, I might need to bleep that out. But there we go. The, the, the passion was coming through you. Yeah, we're, so, are we, um, we're allowed to swear, aren't we? We're we not allowed yeah, to swear. Yeah, we are. It's an eighteen. It's an eighteen. Certificated it's an advisory podcast, lyrics. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. If we want to start doing some gangster rap, we're covered. Yeah, exactly. I don't. Um, it's, a, 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 it's a light swear, isn't it? There was something on the on the BBC. I a, a slight aside there, Jeff. But there's um, three. They've they've re. Um, I think Ofcom, isn't it? Ofcom have re. Because uh, I listen to a lot of radio in the mornings. And Ofcom have um, re. Um, assessed swearing on on the radio. Oh, really? So broadcasting um, into ter- terms of words which are um, mildly, you know, kind of mildly offensive, offensive and, and severely offensive. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to be able to give you some examples now, and just just <laughs> we could do a whole thing on what do you think about this word, and then and then we, we could uh, debrief all those. But let's not do that now. But isn't it? Well, it, let's do that. No, let's do that, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll, cut, we'll it. cut it out. Uh, and if people want the extended version, they can find the extended version. They can right. make an effort to find it. And we're back in the back, room. And we're back. So I, um, while you were doing that, I, I did actually look up the difference between ritual and routine. Oh, okay. So we seem to be in a bit of a definitive mood at the moment. Yes. Etymological. Um, so rituals are meaningful activities that require careful focus and presence of mind for example daily walks or meditation Mm. routine is performed without conscious thinking doesn't require careful focus and presence of mind things like preparing for bedtime Mm. going to work and so so when i said back you know this is yes it was you going to work but it's not a, a trip that you make every day no it was different yeah um and but that idea of preparation 
is kind of ritualistic, isn't it? Mm. The idea of you know getting your stuff in the car of of taking yeah. a trip is ritualistic. Um, it's not solemn, it's not sacred, but it is is that kind of process. You know, the, the, the ceremonial unwrapping of the chocolate bar, and we can turn really inane acts into something quite powerful through mindful ritualization. So whereas you could just not think about unwrapping the chocolate bar, you could take your time over it. Mm. And that would heighten your anticipation. Mm. And it would possibly even heighten the taste because you've prepared for it. You put yourself into that that state and your your expectations are rising. Your saliva your saliva is is is, is uh, increasing and things like that. And I think agile teams can take advantage of that as well. What do you if you can you think of any particular rituals that you've you've seen or made use of? Um, I can think of one. Whether mm-hmm. this is a ritual or not, uh, I don't. I don't know. But um, so a good uh, a, a group of um, a company that I've I've coached for many years. Um, they they're three teams, four teams. I can't remember but they do a joint sprint review at the end of the sprint. Mm-hmm. And they got into a bit of a ritual, routine, whichever the word might be here, um, of theming their sprint reviews. Mm-hmm. So they would take time to explore and uh, create like a poster. Mm-hmm. A poster. They generally put up posters around the office to advertise the sprint review, um, and to encourage people outside those three or four teams to come and join in and see what they've done. Yeah. But they did it in some you know really clever ways. Like uh, they would take. I thought one example that um, I remember was uh, I think a bullseye theme. So they did like mm-hmm. a TV show kind of based around darts, and it was advertising a, a, a bullseye kind of performance. They've done other ones based on like music festivals, like a music festival poster with, and even going so far as the fonts and the the sizing of the the letters, the um, the uh, the way it was designed, it just looked it it drew it drew your attention because it looked like something else, and then it yeah. encouraged you to read it. But they they got it became a bit of a a, um, a challenge, I suppose. For the next because they used to rotate that round and the next team would then have to pick that up and think of something else but it it kind of became an enjoyable um ad- advertisement that they used to do an enjoyable yeah. part of the, of the sprint review process mm-hmm. um yeah that that's probably the closest or the the, the one that okay. jumps out at me at the moment is that the type of do you think that that class is a ritual I, or not? yeah 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 i would um i mean there's the there were quite a few. Other, I, I actually quite liked them. And it, I, I, I don't think I really used to use the word ritual. No. Um, but actually, if I just share a few of the ones that, that I can remember, yeah, it would probably get you thinking, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So um, getting in, in a sprint planning session, for example, the team will say, before saying before accepting something into the sprint battle, say, yes, we can commit to that. That is a, you know, a ritual process okay. of saying, we can commit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of a, when you when they finished an, uh, a, a user story, put it back on, they would move that to the done column, or they would rip it up, or they put a big green tick. In. That's a ritual. Okay, we've completed this. One team we used to bang a gong whenever they finished something. A little bit like someone you know, who's who's working behind a bar will ring a bell when they get a tip. That kind of thing. Mm. 
Um, when someone new joins the team, there's some kind of welcoming ceremony, if you like, okay. where it's, you know, each team member, the existing team member will, will, will share a story about themselves and say, welcome to the team. And this, this new person will share a story or they'll go through a, a competency mapping exercise or a user manual exercise or something like mm -hmm. that. So when you think about it, ultimately, Scrum puts some rituals in place, these ceremonies, the sprint planning meeting, the daily Scrum is a ritual, the retrospective is a ritual in itself. Um, and as well as heightening positive feelings, rituals can you know, heighten that sense, like that taste of the chocolate bar or that's that completion of the user story. It makes me, yes, this is good. And it's, we've done this tick, bang the gong. A uh, little bit of a Pavlovian thing as well, because even if you're not the one banging the gong, once you hear the gong, it reminds you of when you banged the gong because you completed something. So you're getting that vicarious good mm. feeling. Mm. But it can also have a really useful um, uh, purpose in reducing anxiety. Okay. So if if you're feeling overwhelmed, then usually you haven't got that that sense of ownership and agency over what's going on. You feel like powerless. You know, mm -hmm. I can't I can't cope with all this. There's too much going on then actually performing a ritual puts you back in control and it takes you back to a, a place of safety and your mind is focused on something. So that, that going back to that definition, a, a routine is done something done unconsciously. Yeah. A ritual is something done mindfully. By putting yourself into a position where you actually have to think about doing something, you're not thinking about everything else. Mm. So it reduces that sense of, like, this is something I have control over. I know how to do this. It's a good thing. Now, whether that's um, painting a picture, whether it's um, uh, making something, whether it's you know, writing up some notes, something that you can do that you have control over, it reduces that sense of individual and team level anxiety. Hmm. So rituals are really, really useful for teams, I think. There is yeah, I, the word ritual because can have negative um connotations though can't it let's explore that you can probably stuff. think you you would be able to think of some more than me but i'm sure you can think of some movies where yeah. there have been some evil rituals yes um satanic rituals you know, yes. these kinds of things because the word ritual it, it, it does come from generally religious um yes ceremonies uh, and it often talks about sacred or solemn rituals but they're they're also um you think of being, um, what's the word? I've got anointed into my head, uh, but it's not the right word. But basically being welcomed, officially welcomed into a club mm. or, you know, a group, a team, that kind or, or you know, um, what's the word? Uh, rite of passage, you know, that, yeah. that's another, the classic Initiation, ritual. Initiation, yeah. yes. Um, so they have equally positive <laughs> things, but humans being humans, we generally remember the negatives more than the positives. Uh, it's a self-preservation thing, so we 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 don't, we don't want to get involved in in any uh, satanic rituals. Some people do, I suppose. Yeah, and I think yeah. um, so. But I th I'm going to um, bring a story back from my childhood. Now you scratch you scratched the the surface of something. Now, now Jeff, we'll oh, go back a few if you're getting a bit deep now. Um, but you, I mentioned the word initiation there, and it, that and that word initiation for me in my in my late teens. Um, struck fear because I used to play rugby um, for my local club back you know, mm. with my parents, where, where my parents used to live in Devon. And one of the um, rituals, uh, the, one of the ceremonies, if whatever you want to call it, of becoming a 
cult at the time. So when you go through under 16s, you reach kind of the academy or cult stage. Was this, and I think it was probably at the time more of a, 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 a rumor and a myth that okay. an initiation happens uh, from, a, in, from that kind of, from in the 16s. And I was to academy and I was generally scared of it because <coughs> it put me off. <coughs> it put me up, put me off because I wasn't, it was generally involving drinking, some kind of dirty pint, I think it was. And mm. um, for the benefit of our listeners, a dirty pint. What's a dirty pint, Jeff? How would you describe a dirty pint? Well, basically, it, it's a mixture of all sorts of different drinks. So when I when I experienced it, you basically have an empty pint glass and you go around the room and someone would put a little bit of their drink and they go to the next one and they put a little bit of their yeah. drink in, someone put a little bit of their drink in, and yeah. you'd have to drink the, the combination. It's not very yeah. But it's, it's in don't our do rugby. That, no, it's don't not do big, that. It's, it's not clever. It's not clever. But in our rugby club at the time, that was the, the rumour was that's what happened when you played your first game for the Colts. And that was, I think initiations, I think rituals can sometimes put people off. I think they can be something that they, they appear so, um, what's the word? Daunting, straight, mm-hmm. in, insular, that, that it's, I don't want to be part of that. I'm quite happy not to be part of that. And yeah. I think that can kind of divide um, a lot of participation. Either you you love that type of thing, and this is absolutely what I should do, or you don't. And it, it's something that probably curbed my rugby, my my youth rugby career mm. quite early because I did I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to go through that ritual. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we're. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe we're not, maybe it's just my, my experience has changed, but I think I don't see as much of that anymore. I see more, you know, welcome to the, welcome to the group. Here's a t-shirt, you know, yeah, here's, yeah, your, yeah. here's your coffee but, mug. Um, but I've known people that wouldn't, didn't even want to throw a ball around at a daily scrum. They yeah. Ref, they refused. I mean, that's a ritual, isn't it? About the idea of a, a talking token in a daily mm-hmm. scrum, the idea that instead of, you know, a bit of bit of respect and you'll only talk when you're holding something that and we can all see we're all looking at you because you're holding that pen or ball whatever it is mm. but i've known people that said no i don't want to do that well i mean you mentioned fear and you know the fear for, for that dirty point could be it could make me ill i might not be able to do it i might look silly or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever might mm-hmm. be behind it um and i don't so i part of me wants to say these rituals have to be meaningful for them to to, to have it yeah an i know what you mean yeah um but each, they shouldn't invoke fear they shouldn't it's kind of a you've got to cross a line but that line shouldn't involve fear shame ridicule yeah. pain yeah um otherwise it doesn't mean anything but yeah it's um so i, I feel like i hijacked your um, your story about, no, it's about what going uh, to work no it's good no it was an interesting um meander but that's what these things are all about because i find that that idea of um that 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 um that ritual routine element quite interesting and it's um i think i wonder whether i think it was just because i hadn't done it for so long it felt new and i think that was um that was something that I probably missed and I, I just made, I was convinced myself I was going to enjoy it. There we go. Jeff's got a book. I actually got a book called Rituals for Work, which you know, I've got my little post-it notes in there. So let's see mm-hmm. which ones I, I've picked up 
that I thought would be quite interesting. So the first one is the anxiety war. Mm -hmm. um, so before a performance review, when most team members feel anxious about what to expect, uh, physical space for getting a team's collective anxieties out, meant for high stress times. That's that's another one I've seen. Uh, actually, um, ripping up cards or screwing them up, yeah. putting your writing your worries down and then screwing them up and then putting them into a, a bowl or setting fire to them. Those kinds of yeah. rituals. Uh, what's the next one that I've got? Burn the argument. Okay, there you go. When a conflict arises and team members feel burnt out from negativity, um, write write the argument down uh, and put it in a heat-proof container yeah. before setting fire to it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What else have we got? We've got elephant, dead fish, vomit. You heard of this one? I've heard of those words in a game, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, so when you want to encourage reciprocal, honest conversations among team members across an organization, try the ritual elephant, dead fish, vomit. It's a way to interrupt a meeting that doesn't seem to be honest enough and to structure a conversation. So anyone can say the phrase elephant, dead fish and vomit. And then everyone in the meeting gets permission to speak their mind in a safe environment about big mm -hmm. things in the room that are not being addressed. Elephants. Mm -hmm. About things that are long past, but still haunting the group. Dead fish. Mm -hmm. And about things people just need to vent out without real goals, vomit. So yeah, it's a, a book, Rituals for Work, 50 Ways to Create Engagement, Shared Purpose, and a Culture that Can Adapt to Change. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's a kind of co code words kind of, um, yeah. And that, that can increase safety, it, that, that idea of, you know, we can, when we say that, we know that we're we're safe. We all know what that means. Um, the common here's another common ritual, ritual that we, we used to use, yeah. The bullshit buzzer, still got mine somewhere, I can't find it now, but yeah, it's here, yeah. So, stick that on the table in the middle of a, a meeting or a, a daily scrum, and then if we slip into jargon or yeah, vague ambiguity. We can, uh, and it was a bit of fun, it's a bit, a bit different, it's uh, yeah, kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I think so it's good. apart from the the anticipation, and uh, you said it was a it, it wasn't just a, a anticipation; it was a positive experience. What mm -hmm. what was positive about it? Um, being asked questions, even though I get asked questions, it just felt more natural. Um, I could move around. Mm. Um. The environment was different. Um, I felt more relaxed. I wasn't relying. I didn't feel like I was relying on. I felt people were with me, you know, really with me because they were in a room and I mm. can see, I can see everything that they're doing, whether they're, you know, on their laptops or, or whatever. So I just felt a whole sense more engagement and, um, and focus probably from. They all had their cameras on, did they? What? No bags over their heads. No, no, they all, yeah, I could see it, all their faces. But also, I think it was probably, I was more focused. Now, this is um, probably treading into a different territory now, but I feel over the last few months, I've become less, even when I'm teaching, um, I've become less focused, more likely to multitask, something right, you know, to, my mind will wander that little bit more. Oh, and I think that's a little bit of, monotony that's kicked in the idea that um because it's easy to i find myself wondering a lot more and i have to having to bring myself back whereas 
when I when I was teaching and literally on my feet moving around, uh, I was fully immersed in it. And that that it was a two hour lecture that I did at Bath University hmm. with a ten minute break, so I didn't keep them in there for for two hours straight. But that that one hour fifty minutes just disappeared, disappeared. Even though I was probably um, I don't know. I, I felt like I, I, I got less across, but it went faster. I didn't get, yeah, it was, it was weird, a weird scenario. I think I've just, I think I've just forgotten what it's like. I, you mentioned about focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mind was going in a different place. Um, you weren't focused on what I was saying about focus. Well, no, I was, but I was, I was putting myself, I was running that through my filter. Yeah. Rather than really deeply listening to you and, and waiting to see where you went, I went off. I was still listening, but I was imagining it. So what does that mean for me? <laughs> and um, for me, I found focus to be a bit of an issue for me with the online stuff, not mm. in the same way. So having said that, I've just got a text from my wife. She sent me a picture that she's crashed her car. So that has taken my focus. Oh, but, oh okay. Um but what I what I meant initially was um, I would find myself worrying too much about is the technology working? Yes. Is the Wi-Fi working? Are people okay? Um, that I wasn't focusing as much on the teaching and actually whether people were getting the information. And when I'm when I was in a room with people, there would still be times when I wasn't on as mm. such, so I you know, give them an exercise to do. But when I'm in the room, I could wander around and you know almost say, sometimes I would say, everything all right? Did, you, did that make sense? Do you need any help? Which is a lot harder to do, for me at least, online. Um, so, yeah, I found myself, well, I kind of don't really know how to help people now Yeah, when they're doing an exercise, you know? I had, um, I've only had it once, on that note during all of my lockdown courses my online courses only one comment uh, from all the teaching which was um i wish you'd have well it would have been nicer to have more of your time in the breakout rooms mm-hmm. so i generally made a point of i'm not going to interfere and let you can call me in and i will come and help but i'm not going to stick my nose in and i think you're right i think it's it feels more invasive yeah, if I and join I th- a breakout room, it disrupts the flow. Yeah, I can just sort of sign up to a table. Yes, it does yeah. feel, and you feel. I feel like it's probably says a lot about me, but I feel like I'd be a distraction, or you know, I feel like people would be would stop talking if I suddenly appeared because I think, oh, have we done something? But wrong? they do. And yeah, it's not, I don't think that's a theory. It, it actually happens. There's a ding dong when you join, and you know, a new screen comes on. You can't do it. No surreptitiously and that's a good you don't really you don't really want that feature do you being able to surreptitiously appear in a break room that would cause all sorts of problems yeah but but equally it doesn't it doesn't give people like you say the chance just to see you walking past their table turn their chair and ask you a question because it's much more deliberate and yeah I i remember mike when we spoke to mike cohen earlier in the year about he said that he does do that and he he drops in he caught yeah he drops into rooms and into delegate uh, kind of breakout rooms but i've never done it and i i didn't 
part of me, you know, you get one one um, one piece of feedback that says, "Oh, I, I should do that." But I think generally people quite have enjoyed that that uh, that little bit of, of you know that breakout, literally the breakout. I've, I, I get called in every now and again, but that's on on them to call me in. No, that is a technology thing because I was uh, I did a keynote at a conference recently, Agile by Example, and they used a piece of software which isn't which isn't new, it isn't novel. There are other ones out there, and I've, I've heard about it for a long time, where you can you've got an avatar on the screen and you wander around and as you get closer to people you can hear that conversation or you can start a conversation with them so I, we could technically run a class like that yeah and i could wander up to that table without interrupting them. so it's it's just zoom um, and teams yes. and things like that that doesn't have that functionality mm. so the software is there we've just got to make an effort to use it but the, the principle still remains the same of being being in the room and that's something i'm really looking forward to in, in a few weeks time when, when we get back in the classroom with people i think I I didn't appreciate the the good aspects of being in a room with people as much as I did, and you don't you don't appreciate what you've got till it's gone, right? That's a classic no, line. No. Um, and I think we will appreciate it much more next time. Um, and I hope that we you know, we don't take it for granted again. Mm. So okay, um, so this is an announcement just for listeners of the agile podcast hot off the press is this this is hot yeah. off the press. paul has no idea what I'm about i've to got say. no idea what jeff's about to say so um yeah it's a it's a it's a slightly delicate one because i'm bringing out some special products and my lawyers have told me that i'm not allowed to say what they are because really i shouldn't be selling them uh, i can't publish what they are so this is how it's going to work. And like I said, it's just for listeners of the Agile podcast. And think think Secret Santa. I'm, it's probably not the best metaphor because nobody's actually buying me anything in return. But basically, you know, Secret Santa, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't, you know, that kind of thing. So basically what's going to happen, if you go to my website and you go to the shop, you'll find, among other things, the Agile podcast merchandise bundle, an amazing product in its own right, priced at an unbelievably low $14.99. Anyway, on that page, you'll now also find two more options okay so you could just buy the regular uh agile podcast merchant bundle with the with the with the glass and the the beer mat and the bottle opener or there will be a secret santa option and a super secret santa option wow now with those options you'll get the merch bundle but you'll also get either one or two surprise extra gifts like i said my lawyers won't let me tell you what they are okay but you will get extra. And what I will say is that those products are artisanal. You'll have to look that word up, Paul. Artisanal. Okay. Artisanal. Art- artisanal. Uh, Art- artisanal. Yes. <laughs> Artis. Yeah. Uh, and not only are they worth more than the merchandise, merchandise bundle itself, but some would say priceless. Okay. Oh. And there are only a few available. Each one will have their unique batch number on. So, wow. I, so it's kind of a surprise, all right? But what I will say is I'll go on record now is if you do buy it and you don't like what you get, and I will be amazed if you don't like what you get, but if you don't like what you get, then I'll refund you. Because of exporting issues, <laughs> you can only purchase products on my website if you're in the UK. So if you're outside of the UK and you want to risk the customs process, I'll, I'll set it as a gift so it kind of gets through. But email me. Okay, Jeff at inspectingdevelop.com, and I'll organize a separate checkout process for you. There's a limited number, 
It's cool. It's a bit of fun, but I can't tell you what it is. There you go. Is it is it Christmas themed, or is it, it or not? Is it just coincidence that it's going to be ha- happening? It's just it's just coincidence. But uh, and we might have to cut this bit. Okay. Um, if if you are joining us on our Agile Pubcast Christmas party on December the seventeenth, it would be very very useful to bring this along with you. Uh, okay. Nice. Very good. Excellent. Well, I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I don't know about anyone else. I'm excited. I'm now going to go online and and, and uh, have a look at that web page. Well, it won't, it won't tell you anything. It'll just say Secret Santa version. Oh, you've created that sense of anticipation now. Yeah. Is that available now, Jeff? Is it available now? It is available now, yes. Right, yes. okay. So there you go. Listeners, get your, get your orders in before Christmas, ready, in preparation for the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. There we go. So yeah, there we go. Right. Thank you everybody for joining us on this latest episode of the Agile Podcast. That's me and Paul. We're out. My coffee cup is empty. Cheers, Cheers to chap. You all. Cheers to everyone. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs>